gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. The superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the hall of justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice Podcast. Everyone, welcome to episode 172 of the Hall of Justice. I'm Seth Everett, and we are talking about Smallville. I love Smallville. Um, Smallville came out in 2001, and that is a big focus point of this conversation we're having with Kristen Kruk, Erica Durance, and Laura Vandervoort. 2001, it was a different time. Superheroes weren't everywhere. It was such a different world that we lived in, and it was right after 9-11. It wasn't a Superman story, but it had the elements of it. It was Clark Kent, and yeah, there was Superboy, and yeah, there was the Christopher Reeve movies. There was the animated series that had just concluded. There were so many things about Superman. There were so many songs about Superman, and he was my favorite character. And I had mixed feelings about it. I was so curious. I wanted to see it. But I was taken aback by Smallville and especially Lana Lang. Lana Lang, who had been played by Annette O'Toole in the Superman 3 movie, wasn't a big character. She wasn't very impressive in the animated series. I wasn't infatuated with Lana. I knew more about Lois. And then it became the Lana Lang story and the chemistry between Kristen Crook and Tom Welling was great. Michael Rosenbaum's Lex Luthor, John Glover as Lionel Luthor. John Glover's been on this podcast before, and he'll be on again. And it was incredible. And then this is a show that lasted so many seasons, 10 seasons. And eventually they had to reinvent themselves. Eventually he went to Metropolis. Eventually he met Lois Lane. Eventually he met his cousin Supergirl, Laura Vandervoort, who was so hot. She was also brilliant. And... Erica Durance, Laura Vandervoort, and Kristen Crook were at Wizard World New Orleans in January of 2020, and I moderated a panel with these folks, and it was enlightening. Now, it was the second panel of the day. The first panel was Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum, and John Glover. We're going to have that on a future episode of the podcast. These girls were better. It's not to knock those guys. They were great. These girls were better. They were open, they were honest, they were descriptive. It wasn't a gush fest. It was just a really great interview. This is the first time I had done a Wizard World panel where if the audience wasn't there, the audio would have sounded exactly the same. The audio, for those of you who heard the Matt Ryan podcast, this is perfect. This was absolutely perfect. There was an engineer there, and uh, the folks 
helped me out a, a, a ton. Um, but this is a great feature. This is something that I've been honored to, to be able to present to you guys on the Hall of Justice. Kristen Kruk, who played Lana Lang. Erica Durance, who played Lois Lane. And Laura Vandervoort, who played Supergirl. The latter two also appeared on the current CW Supergirl. We talk about that. And Kristen has so many great stories from the beginning years of Smallville. And the legacy of Smallville really was a, a hoot. I was on a stage. There were hundreds of people in the audience. And we were in New Orleans, Louisiana. This is Kristen Kruk, Erica Durance, and Laura Vandervoort. <laughs> Well, we are going to class up the joint here. This is the women of Smallville. Lana Lang, Lois Lane, and Supergirl. Laura Vandervoort, Kristen Kruk, and Erica Durance. Come on up. Welcome. Welcome. Already this is going to be nicer. Yeah, it's much calmer. Hi. Yeah, this is quite something. Welcome. Welcome. You know, a, a lot of people, the legacy of Smallville, it's, it's, it's just something. And for so many people who watched it, whether they were young adults when it came out or they were kids when it came out, and now they're adults, it seems like it has endeared. In your experience coming to these things, how often do you find just a sense of pride? Like you walk away and go, man, we really made something here. Um, actually, I, I find a, a lot of, I feel a lot of gratitude to be part of something that's really positive for people or to get an opportunity to play something. Like, there's a lot of people that come up and they're very effusive with their compliments to how I played Lois, and I appreciate it, but I also benefited from creators that allowed my character to be strong, to make mistakes, to, um, to... I don't know how to, well, take the piss, which is kind of rude, but I couldn't think of any other phrase. I think that's Out of appropriate, the, male, the, yes. <laughs> the male character in the show, too, and, and have some fun that way. And, and I don't always, you know, you don't always get to play something sure. like that. So, yeah, for, for me, I'm always very, very grateful that, that I, I got to be part of something really positive. What about you guys, the deep legacy question? Do you guys... Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I, I, I'm, I think I go about my life and I don't think about it. And then I come here and I meet all of you guys. And, and I remember that this is a big part of all of our lives, mine and yours. And it shapes, the, the, it shapes my personal history and it also shapes our collective histories. And that's something that's pretty awesome. And the fact that you still care. Because <laughs> we do lots of shows. They come and they go. But this one seems to persist and, and yeah. hold on, and that's awesome. It really does, yeah. Laura? I'll give her that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was actually... Whoa, that's loud. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually a, a fan of the show because I was brought on season seven. Yeah. So for me to even just be a part of a show that I grew up watching and I was a fan of was enough. Um, but then the opportunity to play uh, an iconic superhero for the first time on television, we'd never seen her on the small screen before. So there was a lot of pressure, but um, coming to these conventions so many years after and meeting young generations of Supergirls who are watching the new one or ones that have become mothers themselves who have young daughters who have sort of that character to look up to on television, is it's huge for me because I always want to play women that support other women and, and are independent and, and take care of themselves and that 
that was the pivotal role for me to get into that industry, in this industry, and that type of female character. Sure, no question so, yeah. about it. I just want to let everybody know that we have microphones set up, and in a little while we'll get to your, your comments and questions, and we'll get your chance to, to ask things. We do have some breaking news in the Smallville world. I mean, there was a scene of Smallville just recently on this big thing called a crisis. Do any of you know anything about that? I, can, you, can you clue us in? I was like, breaking news about what? Well, <laughs> it's breaking news in that the show ended eight years ago. It sure is. And uh, when, I, when I got the call to do it, I was out working in, in Toronto, and I, I couldn't figure out how they would uh, figure that out. I was like, don't you guys already have a new Lois and Clark in your world? So it was, um, but I was, I was ready to do it because I thought it would be really fun and, and uh yeah, I think it came full circle. And you're, nice. you're on the show already, so you were playing like this dual role and they saw you. What was it like just being with Tom and just seeing the whole scene and knowing that all these Smallville fans are going to be gushing over that? Well, I didn't know that people would be gushing, but it was fun for myself to go back and, <laughs> Come on. and, and work in that world and, and be at the Kent farm again. And, and uh, it's easy to work with Tom, so that was nice. Then, then the, the only last question on that has to be, what was your thought, because every person in this room has a theory, what was your thought on Clark giving up his powers? He's going to do what he's going to do. I don't know. <laughs> Tell us your thesis, All right. Erica. <laughs> My theory. Did he give up his powers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, never say never. Maybe he just did it like, <laughs> like so many parents do when they're raising their kids and they're the littles. And then you go off and do your thing again. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was it was it was cool. Sorry, I don't have a cool answer for that. Great answer. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's you know one of the things we talked about in the earlier <laughs> panel is the timing of everything. Kristen, I'll, I'll just go to you. Just the idea that the show came out in 2001, and I remember living in New York during 9/11, and I remember remembering that there was a show. It was a Superman show, but it wasn't a Superman show. And, you know, the internet was in its infancy, so we didn't really know too much about it. And I think we needed some kind of an escape. And it's not to take anything away from the work you guys were doing, but just the timing. Like, you hit the timing really, and it, and it couldn't have been better for the success of the show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a hard thing to... I remember when 9-11 happened, we were shooting on a football field. Um, and it was before the show had aired, um, but we were shooting that day and it happened and we kept shooting. We all kind of took a minute and took it in and then we kept working. Um, actors were trying to find their way back home, trying to see their families, people were worried and, and, that, and I think that because our show, like when people come to talk to us and they're introducing their kids to the show now, I think that's so crazy because the world is so much darker now. Smallville was light. It right. was airy. It felt hopeful. There was brightness. Even the colors were bright. And I, and I think that a lot of, I mean, to be honest, I don't watch all the superhero shows, but I think they're a little bit more gritty, a little darker, mm -hmm. and they have a little more of a cynical perspective. But Smallville didn't, and I think you're right. At that moment, at that time in our history, that was everything we needed. And because we didn't have a constant dialogue online, it was allowed to exist as it was. And I don't think, I mean, we weren't chit-chatting about it. People weren't right. you know, sending all these messages. It just existed and could be a balm for people, a salve when they needed it. 
It was, and it was a, a grounded thing that kind of, and I'll, I'll just open it up to all, all of you guys, and just the idea that you're in this property, and I mean, there's no secret who Clark Kent is. I mean, we all knew who, who, who he was, and for so many people that were rooting for the Clark and Lana relationship, even before Lois Lane, and just this idea that, you know, I would, I remember, I would see younger people, because I was in, in broadcasting then, and I would say, do you see this, this small bill? And they're like, you know, well, Lana's the true love. And you're thinking to yourself, well, not if you ever read a comic book, because <laughs> you knew where this was going. And it, 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 was, it was so unique in that it was able to have its own voice and not have to rely solely on source material. Yeah, I think that was great. They were, I think they really wanted to do that, make sure that they could tell a story all on its own. And it was a coming-of-age story. Very typically, superpowers were puberty. It was really, right. really obvious what they were doing. And it's nice because, I mean, I don't believe in the concept of true love, but I love that we told a story that showed a man's journey, a boy's journey into becoming a man whose life is going to be full of loves and moments and challenges. And I think that's more reflective of the truth. And then Erica, when Lois Lane is introduced, I mean, that's, a, that's an iconic name. It's a, it's a person that everybody watching it knows that he winds up with her. And you guys don't hit it off at first, and it's kind of like a rivalry kind of thing. And what was the idea of, again, this show having its own voice despite this century of, of, of source material? I think, again, the timing of it, right? When when Lois came in, when she wasn't normally supposed to have been there, that saved a lot of that. I, they did all the heavy lifting for me in that. And then by rights, when you do something as an individual, it'll always, it'll always be done uniquely and, and take on that life of its own. And so they saw how we interacted together and realized there was a banter going on and then wrote that a little bit more, right. I think. And that's a little bit of a... Um, an insight into the way television happens is at first they kind of come out with a template, but they really kind of suss out to see how the actors work in their scenes and what they do, and then they write to that. And Smallville um, at that time needed, it's such an earnest show, very, very earnest, and Lois was far from earnest. Like, it, <laughs> it needed that kind of voice of sarcasm, of flippancy, right. who wasn't right. steeped in, like, puberty. Right. <laughs> We're like so heavy. <laughs> yeah, and you and you realize that it, yeah, it needs all the ingredients kind of mm. sprinkled in to make something, something fly. But I, I, I think also the show was was so good because depending on who you were as a person, you could you could really um, enjoy a specific character that would encourage you. So I have had people come up to me to say that they thought it was great to because they felt very nerdy in school to see the nerd you know, kind of sure. come into his own and, and find some strength and some courage. And, and other people kind of would say, well, they love that, that Lois didn't have any powers and yet she would stand right beside the guy and go, I can do just as much and, and yeah. risk that. And so there was those, those things as well that were kind of neat. And you had, you know, now the way television has kind of morphed, everything is, you know, very short stints, yeah. you know, nine episodes here or 10 episodes here. And, you guys had 22, 22. For, two, for 10 years. It's crazy. And a lot of, you know, everything turns into a story. So I'll, t I'll turn to Laura and just the idea that you were a breath of fresh air for a show to constantly trying to reinvent itself and keep it fresh so it doesn't feel like a season eight episode is just like a season three episode. And each season has its own identity. What's your thought on that? 
Lord, you brought us go. a new identity, please, baby. Please enlighten us. Uh, so, Beth, what Beth is the, the question? <laughs> the show got really good at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, I was just happy to be there. I don't know if I was a freshening of the show or you what. Sure you were fresh. I was fresh. fresh. Uh, didn't wear a lot either, um, which was still fresh not and wonderful. Very fresh. I'm a huge fan. She actually Thanks. is. <laughs> That's a good thing about our show, too, is that it's very rare that people get along, but that the women in the show get along because they often get fight. They fight a lot still. And I thought that was so nice to be part yeah. of a show where I didn't get to, I never worked with I didn't get to work with you guys. <laughs> well, you saw me in a bikini. I saw you in a bikini. We had I'm that sorry. again. Sorry. But there is a lot of toxicity on set sometimes and it was just yes. it was really refreshing that even though we didn't get to necessarily work together a lot when we were on set together or crossing paths standing in a lunch line. Yes. Yeah. We talked. Yeah. And even more so now we're getting to yeah. I mean especially you guys work together much longer than I was able to but getting to know you guys now it's, it's been incredible. Um, you know, we're, we're having more in-depth conversations about we're, life and being women. old ladies together. We're old we're ladies now. older ladies. <laughs> One thing, you know... It's like, onward. No, no. Anyways, <laughs> it's not not working for Well, I was trying to see how I could take that answer and raise it. Um, one of the things that I remember, just the uniqueness of Smallville, and it's not something that was in a promo, and it wasn't that big poster, but it got all the publicity... I remember this, the episode, I, I mentioned it last hour, about when he got his x-ray vision. Oh, yeah. And the first thing Clark Kent looks at when he finds out he has x-ray vision is the girls' locker room. And Typical. That, that, was, that was so... Everybody in there can just like, I know this guy. He's not the oddball. And, you know, for so many people say writing Superman is so hard, if you humanize him just by something so simple... What a service you did for his later years. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, that's cool. I, that was early on, too. That was season yeah. one, wasn't it? Early season one. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I, think that's, I think that's what's great about, one of the things that's great about Smallville, and I hear the stories of how it's hard to have a Superman uh, franchise that's really right. successful. It's hard to write. Yeah, right. um, but, but I think that because he wasn't himself yet, he was a kid, and he was figuring himself out, and he didn't have the strong moral compass and code that he has as an adult. He, he could kind of move around that for a long time. But as an adult, I think he's generally, Superman's been portrayed as such a stalwart of good, um, which I think writers struggle with. <laughs> Yeah. Because people aren't looking for that anymore. People are yeah. looking for something to relate well, to. And maybe no you guys were at the start of that. Mm -hmm. But given, yeah, the climate of everything that's going on in the world, too, in our lives, and how we just have so much information and so much product that we can look at and watch and see, and we're trying to either, you know, um, navigate it for our kids or whatever, you want to have characters that, yes, I'm always looking for a show with the, with the redemptive quality to it. Um, and sometimes it's tricky to find, so that's just my particular cup of tea. Like, I won't watch stuff that's too dark. But people also want to see a relatable character, so a character that sure. can do good, but also struggle with choices that aren't great, because, hey, we've all been there, and we've all done that. And so it makes us feel, feel a little bit better, I think. Well, and I, and I remember, I, I read, you know, just as a, as a grown-up, in, in the business, you know, just reading interviews, and, and I remember it was a Wizard magazine, Bruce Tim, you guys all know Bruce Tim, uh, creator of uh, Batman the Animated Series and Superman. I love Batman right? the Animated Series. There you go. <laughs> we can be friends. Um, 
And when they created the Superman series, Bruce Tim did this interview, and it really stuck with me, and he said, writing Superman is really hard. And my response to that, and I was curious to get your take, is good. Because it means that when it's well done, you know that it's really hard, that means it's even that much more of an accomplishment. Yeah, that's a good perspective. And I think it, it's, it's almost like a, like a player in baseball, you know, if it's, if it's hard to throw 100 miles an hour, well then, I appreciate it. But if everybody can do it, it's not the same. I don't know, just your, your thoughts on that, any of you guys. Okay. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that, that if everyone can do something, if it's easy, then it's easy and, and whatever. And it's a feat to write someone who, because he can, I think that people think that he just seems too goody-goody. And, and I think that's partly why they struggle to write him. I'm making an assumption. I don't know. I don't write Superman, so I, I don't know. Um, you don't. <laughs> I don't. In her off time, she does. Yeah. In my fan fiction. She has fan fiction. Exactly. I have a secret account. Um. <laughs> but I also think like Smallville was the first of its kind, so that in itself must have been a difficult feat. And now all of the other shows are just kind of, I mean, just riding on that coattail, I think. So the most difficult thing was to preach. Um, not that I, like Chris and I, I don't watch a lot of the current ones, but um, I think because Smallville was in its it was the first of its kind. It must have been the most difficult, and, and look at how incredible it was. Well, and I think, and you, you guys could also talk to it, because you, you two have worked on those, the Supergirl uh, as, as a show, and every time you ever see an interview or you know, a podcast or something about those shows, the reverence that they have for Smallville is fascinating, and it's, I don't know if they're being put up to say it, I don't know, you know, I don't know, I didn't conduct those interviews personally, but I am fascinated from all the people who are involved in those shows and some of the films, the references to Smallville and the reverence of that material. It's truly amazing, and I think what happens is, I think fans really dig that. I think that there's a play on fans on saying, this is what worked, let's try to, not copy it, but emulate it. All right, let's go to the phone. I don't phones. know how to respond to that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we have some time for some questions, and I can't really see if there's anybody there, but I there's think there's a person. There. I see there a person. Go. I see a person. Here, let's start over here. She's been waiting for, for a while. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, my question is um, what was your favorite part of um, being on Smallville? Um, I can, I just. It felt like home for a long time. I was on that show from the time I was 19 till, God, I don't know, eight years later. Um, <laughs> so it felt like this community of people that I came back to for nine months out of my year, and I had my summers off. It was sort of like being in school, you know? Like you spend your time with all these people and then go off on the summers and come back. And I just loved having that and having the lasting, there are some really lasting relationships that I've gained through that. And they're some of my you know, closest people in the world. And that's what I love the most. Um, well, I, I loved being able to go somewhere where I could just create. Um, and there's zero judgment for all the emotion that goes on inside. I had somewhere to put it and I could play. and. And, and work with those things. So that was really fun for me. Um, I loved being able to do something different every week because my character was a little bit, um, she, she was just um, unpredictable. So that means I got to dress up and I got to go and investigate things. And 
Um, and then I got to have fun with Clark and, and have a lot of um, humorous kind of moments. It was a very light role for me. Um, let's see, what else? I guess that's, that's pretty much it. But I just, I just love being an artist and I love being able to create and, and go play and, and, and tell a story that I believe in. And, and especially for me, I'm actually quite a introverted person. So to play somebody that was really in somebody's face was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was 17 when I started on the show, and it was my first time away from home. Right, I forgot you were so young. Yeah. And they put you in a bikini walking yeah. around? Oh. Listen, it wasn't yeah. miserable for everybody. <laughs> so it was my first time being away from home. Um, so I think I'm grateful to Smallville for... I, I grew up quickly. Um, I was living on my own, driving myself to set, dealing for the first time with these hours. Um, so in a way, as terrifying as that was, I was grateful for that. And obviously working with these ladies and maybe the guys, but not so much. <laughs> um, and uh, so I'm grateful for the experiences I had that prepared me for, you know, my 20s when I started working on other things. Yeah, growing up. Thank right. you. Good Thank question. You. Good job. Good job. Over here. What are your thoughts on the Wonder Woman film and Captain Marvel film? I watched Wonder Woman and I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, what a great thing to see such a strong woman on camera. Also, she's so fantastic. I mean, yeah. I don't have a ton of things to say, just that I really enjoyed it. Ditto. Yeah, I like Captain Mar Marvel too, and I. I, I see that one. You know, what's um, interesting is this, that somebody had asked in a couple of minutes ago, we were meeting some people and they said, what was your hero growing up? And I really had to think hard about any kind of like female role model that I could look up to. And so that, just the fact that more of those are being made and it's not to cut the, the males out of the equation. I know there's a lot of that going on where you, it's, it's just that I think it's important to have a little bit of both. So it just is, is more well-rounded, you know? we have had hardly anyone. Yeah. So now <laughs> the gals coming up have lots that they can look to and go, I relate to that or I relate to that. So it just seems more fair. Yeah. Let's go over here. What was your funniest thing that happened while fil filming Smallville? Oh, man. I've told this one a couple of times, but I'm hoping no one's watched the YouTube video, so I'll say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was doing a scene with Tom in the loft, and my character is teaching him to fly, which I obviously don't do successfully. But the, the scene required me to push him towards the edge of the, the barn loft door. And then we'd cut, and we did that a couple times, and then I think on like the third or fourth take, Tom just fell. <laughs> and I thought I had killed Superman, and I was getting fired. <laughs> Uh, but he had tricked me, and he had stunt pads, like gurneys below. It wasn't a long fall, but everyone was in on it, because he just disappeared out of my sight. And I was like, well, that's it. See you guys. So, yeah, he, he did a couple of things like that to me. Um, I, I would say people like to laugh at me more than I... I, I don't intend <laughs> to do things that are funny, but... <laughs> I would, I would assume people would say that certain things that I, done, I had done while I was working were a little bit ridiculous. Um, I'm quite klutzy. Um, 
I don't take a hit super well. I usually look like a Muppet when I get hit by things. And really? I remember there was one, yeah. I'm kind Can of you demonstrate? <laughs> I'm not good at it. And I overthink everything. So I have to just like throw my body into it. But it looks bizarre. And I remember one specific episode where, let's be honest, I don't know why um, Lois didn't, wasn't a bit brain damaged. Because in one episode, I got <laughs> hit that. by a bar, hit by a two by four. And oh, one episode? Yes, I was like, you guys, I want to work in a little bit of a drool. Like, I just have some problem. <laughs> like, there's got to be something wrong with her. That was and all so, in one episode? All in one episode. And I, anyways, wow. I don't know what was going on there, but it was fun. And I remember getting hit by the two by four, and I thought I had done a pretty good stunt, but everybody, I looked over, and everybody was just, just on laughing. the floor laughing. They're like, you look like oh. a Muppet. And I was like, no. Oh, I, did. I thought I did well, but I didn't. These two ladies are excellent at that sort of thing. Yeah. I, very very honestly, graceful. I cannot, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember a moment where I laughed a ton about a specific thing, and I cannot. But I laughed a lot, but I always laugh a lot. It's true. I don't remember. I don't remember. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. It's all a blur. Good job. Yes, sir. Well, one quick non-Smallville thing. I love saving hope. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Canada. <laughs> and, <It's my> baby. <laughs> and second of all, talking about the uh, different ways women are written now than when Smallville started, I have to fully admit I hated Lana like the first season or two when she was just <laughs> pure fine. damsel in distress. But I loved how you, you got to evolve the character. So what was that, that like getting to play a character who was sort of in that transition period where people were starting to write women more? more than damsel in distress. Oh, God, amazing. I mean, like you, I struggled through the first two seasons also. Because <laughs> um, she's so different from you. Well, Kristen's a badass. The thing yeah. is, she's, she, was, she was 15. She was a yeah. kid. And, and I do think that the model for females on screen now is completely different. Yeah. And Thankfully. to be a part of that shift was amazing and it felt so good to come back and just let her become a person on her own whose life wasn't tied to this man or another man yeah. and that she had a drive apart from a partnership and that meant the world to me to be able to leave her with that and to leave viewers with that whether or not it was divisive is kind of irrelevant that way yeah. but it was so good like you can go and love someone unconditionally but choose something else for your life. Yeah. That is your mission, and I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Did you get to, uh, to keep the kryptonite necklace that was? I have the white one, I think. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I took a shot there. <laughs> that could have been a hard no. What's up? Oh. Hi. Uh, my, my question's for Kristen. When you left the season after, I mean, when you left the show after season eight, uh, like uh, when they couldn't remove Lexus armor off you, like what happened? Did you quit the show or they wrote you off? Um, I don't know actually. <laughs> I she think quit I quit the show. No, She's being nice. I, I was ready to move on, and I also don't know that the story required Lana anymore. Oh, okay. You know, like I think it was twofold. It was right for both of us, and I don't know what went on for them, and I don't, I can't say, but. Yeah, but it was like the right time. What was she going to do, ultimately? Um, so I thought it was good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hello? What's so, up, buddy? Hello. Uh, I have a question about, 
you know, like tips for actors or like wise words or, you know, just anything we need to know because, you know, I want to be an actor when I grow up. What were some steps that you took? Or like, when was that moment that you finally knew that this was what you wanted to do? Or like, you know, just anything like that. My tip that I give people is not something I did. It's something I didn't do, but train. Train and train and train and train. Become great at your craft. Keep doing community theater. Like, do the work um, because it's going to help you so much later on. Work as hard as you can to become great at what you do. Know yourself deeply and find free ways to express that. Um, I think that's really important, and I wish that I had done it. Um, um, I would say try not to get caught up in following everybody else's path. And it's, it's kind of what they do at the, the guys that run the industry. They like to get the actors who are the ones with the talent to freak out and feel, feel not good about themselves. So they have to say, well, do this and then this and then this and never do a role like this and don't do that. You got to follow your heart. And if your heart says, yeah, you know what? I want to tell this story. I want to, I'm interested in this character. Just do it because your journey is going to be yours and somebody else's is going to be completely different. Don't try to follow the pattern. I think you should really listen to what your heart wants to do and what you want to create. Good one. That is a good one. <laughs> I should have gone first. Uh, I was just going to say persistence. No, that's um, really important. Yeah. It, it, it's a tough business. It really is. Um, I mean, I... A lot, a lot of us started when we were younger, and uh, I think it's very common to want to quit. It really is, and you know you love it when you power through that, through the tough times. Um, nothing is always personal if, if, if a job doesn't happen. There are many other reasons, so if you love it, you need to persist, and, and like the girl said, you, you find another way to express your art form. I mean, for me, it's painting, or writing, or producing, or whatever it is, music. Um, just always have another passion that will keep you um, not so thirsty and you're not waiting around for the other thing. And so. on top of that, with the persistence, there is a lot of rejection. Yes. So start to separate your sense of worth, of self-worth, from how people perceive you, which is a hard That's one. That's very important. Yeah. Thanks so much. Good question. And good luck. Yes, yes. And the world needs more podcasts. <laughs> Over here. What's your favorite film that you've done so far? <laughs> oh. <A> hush. <laughs> um, I actually think, I, I think depending on where I'm at in my life, I'm proud of them and I needed to do them. I know that sounds a little bit maybe too philosophical, but as I was saying to the other gentleman over there, like when you pick a certain thing to do, things came along my way and I was like, I need to do that one. And I needed to do it to learn something about myself or creatively I was drawn to that. So most recently it would have been the show that I just finished, Saving Hope, because I needed to explore that kind of depth and that kind of character. Um, not to dismiss Smallville at all, because that was needed as well. And um, so I'm just, I'm looking kind of to the next thing, but I would say that that is the thing I most... Um, proud of at the moment. I interpreted your question slightly differently. Did you mean film or any project we've ever done? Well, I haven't done really any films. Kristen's done films, so that's a qualification. 
Does it matter either one? It does not matter. Okay. <laughs> Very nicely said. Do you want to go first, Laura? She's satisfied with your answer. <laughs> well, for me, too, I guess it's similar to Erica, but I'm really, really proud of the show I'm doing now, Burden of Truth. I'm really, really proud of it. Um, I love the character. I love the stories we get to tell, and we get to address issues that are important to me, and that means a lot. And yes, similar. Um, it depends on the year and, and what I was in need of at the time. Um, every experience I've had on a set has been helpful or hindering. It really just depends. But uh, the one I'm probably most proud of is the film that I just executive produced um, because it was my first passion project. I created it from the ground up with a great team. And basically, we birthed this project within nine months. So that's the first time I've been a part of something from the ground up. So age of it's just really hard to get things made, so yeah. it's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, it was very difficult. But we made it, and we're, it looks great. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see it at a festival soon. Uh, one last thing from a, a fan standpoint. Very nice question. Thank you. Um, from a fan standpoint, Erica and Laura, you've both been on Supergirl. And there's a lot of people here that love that stinking show, too. So. Just one story from Supergirl, just one thought, and uh, just how, as much as, Laura, you were the, 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 the first live-action Supergirl, I think a lot of people have really embraced Melissa and, and what she has done and how she's kind of embraced the character. And I just think, from a fan standpoint, if you were a fan of Smallville, you, you embrace Supergirl. So just a quick thought on that. Uh, yeah. Um, one of the things I think that... Uh, has come across is, as I believe the camera can't lie, is Melissa's a really genuinely sweet person. She's a good person. She intends to set a, an example that's good. She's great to work with. And so then, therefore, that comes out in her work. And um, so I wasn't there a lot, but when I was there, um, it, was, it was a wonderful experience with, with her. I, I enjoyed it. And you were quite the villain, if I remember correctly. It was very blue. Yeah. Um, very. Very, very blue. Very blue. <laughs> In many ways. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a good experience. I mean, they asked me to come on the show, and I, I said, I'd obviously love to. I've always wanted, you know, Supergirl to have her own series, and, and now is the time for sure. And, but I said, you know, I'd love to be a villain and look different, especially, you know, coming on, it was the first season. I wanted Melissa to be comfortable. Um, and she was great, but I, because I never had an opportunity to have the cape or the S, I did go into the wardrobe trailer. No. You did? <laughs> I may have, like, caressed the cape. But you didn't, like, put it on. I didn't put on. it on. Did you no. put it on? And does that picture exist anywhere? I didn't put it on. I just wanted to feel the weight of it. <laughs> it was a bit of a sad moment. And then, you know, I did three episodes, and that was it. <laughs> I was getting That's blue great. out of my ear for a couple days yeah, after I that, bet. but <laughs> I yeah, she's Any great. CGI that? Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Hello, um, I'm from Paris, and uh, it's funny because Smallville is the first series that made me want to live in the middle of nowhere in a farm, <laughs> so it's really nice even living in Paris. Uh, so I have one question for Kristen. In season four, you are in Paris. And uh, I remember watching this episode, and I was like, is it really Paris for no. them? I wish. Yeah. No, we, I don't and, uh, know. We shot yeah. it in downtown Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, I, we were watching one time, I was like, 
their Paris is quite weird, but okay. Gas town. <laughs> Maybe it's like eight, eight years ago. So I wanted, I wanted to know if um, the director thought it's a good Paris representation, <laughs> which leads to my further question. Uh, do you think Smallville is a good representation of uh, American way of life for? So, a Of American culture? Maybe. Okay, so the Paris thing, I don't know that they thought about it deeply, to be honest. <laughs> I, think uh, you, I don't think so. No. <laughs> um, but, alas, I, I can't speak to an, an American way of life because I'm not, I'm not American no, yeah. and I don't live in America and I haven't really ever. Um, so I could only guess at it. I mean, Erica's the only American aunt and she's only, she's, a, she's American and Canadian and she doesn't live in the States. I, I would say it speaks to like maybe a small aspect of it or a stereotype. So they tried to do this stereotype of kind of being on the farm and, and, and being in a small town and, and how they represent and how they, you know, rally around the football players and that sort of thing. So I, I see that as being um, fairly close, but I would, I would assume that a lot of the folks here might be able to answer that question. <laughs> There's a bunch of Canadians up here. So. Yeah, we're the Canadian panel. Female and Canadian. <laughs> uh, you Thank touched you. the suit? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was heavy. All right, we have time for one more, one more. Hi, so uh, I just want to first off say thank you. I grew up with the show, started when I was nine, so having very strong female characters was very important to me. Uh, my question was already answered, so my second question is for Erica. Uh, what was it like working with Michael again in Saving Hope? It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, somebody I'd known. Well, obviously, we had been on other shows together. So by the time we started working on Saving Hope, we'd known each other for 10 years. Does everyone know which Michael you're speaking of? Oh, yeah, not Rosenbaum. <laughs> Although I like Michael. I love him. He's fantastic. And this is Michael Shanks, who you might know from Stargate and all those things. We did a TV show together for five years, and it was, it was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Kristen gets moderator credit right there. That's, that's, that's very good. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen Crook, Erica Durant, Laura Vandervoort. Thank you so Thank much, you, you guys. Thank you so Thanks much for your for questions. Thanks.